Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages in Australia and around the world. I'm Lourdes García Larquén. On today's show, we will be discussing about the participation of young people in community radio, particularly in ethnic radio. We will present a panel that includes Namila Benson, who has been involved in community radio for about 20 years, and Arish Noor, who is currently a 3CR presenter and producer and an activist. We discussed about the challenges that young people of color face in entering or accessing spaces in ethnic radio, and also about being a young person born or raised in Australia, talking from an experience of belonging of a, to a different ethnic and cultural background to our mainstream Australia and also to our own communities. The following audio was broadcasted on April 8th from Gertrude Contemporary Gallery in Fitzroy, produced as part of the 40th birthday of Community Radio 3CR. The broadcasting was presented by Giselle Hanna and Lourdes García Larquén. We're at the Gertrude Contemporary Arts Centre um, broadcasting live. This is a 40th birthday um, celebration for Community Radio 3CR and this week we are celebrating the diversity of community language programming across the community sector but of course Community Radio 3CR. You were just listening to, of course I announced the wrong artist, um, but you were listening to Jamaican artists Marsha Griffiths and Bob Andy. They're collectively known as Bob and Marsha, doing their rendition of the Nina Simone song, Young, Gifted and Black. And that is precisely how I wanted to introduce our next two guests, Arij and Namilla. Welcome you both. Thank you so much. And of course, much. they're laughing hysterically because <laughs> neither of them think that they're particularly young, gifted or black. But quite frankly, I get we'll to say... Black. Ooh, you'll take the black. Yeah, me too. I'll take the I'm Giselle Hanna and this and is... Lourdes We're taking you through to 7 o'clock uh, this, this evening. So this segment is really about young people in community language programming or ethnic programming. Yet another controversial uh, conversation in this world of ethnic programming. I guess, yeah, absolutely. I mean, mine was a pretty smooth entry into uh, community radio when 3CR was the one place as a young black Islander woman that I was able to kind of find my voice and give my community visibility um, because there weren't even any other community stations that would take me on at that stage. And, uh, yeah, I was studying social work to begin with. I thought that's what my deal is going to be in this lifetime. That's where I'm headed. But, uh, yeah, I caught the bug at uh, 3CR and I never left community radio. I guess mine is pretty similar as well. I started in a radio training project um, and then eventually we had a tour at 3CR and I came back after a few months and have been at 3CR since. Yeah, it was the we same. just never left. Yeah, you can't leave. <laughs> so let me say why this is controversial, why young people in ethnic radio is controversial. Mostly it relates to language. You know, so um, one of the main reasons communities pushed for airtime and what we heard from the comrades earlier in the program, that... that 
a lot of empowering community was about speaking in language um, in order to, to penetrate that language divide and actually get into the homes of people to communicate me messages of uh, what their rights are, what they're entitled to, what's okay, what's not okay. You know, we heard some very compelling um, stories from those women broadcasters about um, family violence and the difference it made being able to speak in language. But a lot of the time, the experience of first, second generation Australians born to migrants is that we don't learn language. And so when we're broadcasting in what is technically ethnic language programming, we speak with the broad Australian accents that three of us on this panel are speaking, and Lulu's the only one with a broad non-Australian accent. <laughs> um, but we don't sound ethnic we might very well look ethnic and that is our experience, but that, that is the controversy of language programming versus ethnic programming. And it's really interesting that you bring that up, actually, Giselle, because I know that with my parents uh, who migrated from Papua New Guinea to live in Australia, they actually thought that they were doing their kids a huge favour uh, to just talk to us in English. They thought that it would make our lives easier. And I know that through working in radio and being able to find a space in radio, uh, because I've been fortunate that that's what my career has been, is uh, working in radio, I know that I've been able to get into places um, that I may not have been able to get into if I sounded like my aunties or, or sounded like my parents. So there's still very much, um, you know, there's a bit of a wall to overcome there, I think, with many different sectors in community radio as well as commercial radio as well. But, you know, that's a big thing about belonging and finding out where you fit and what your space is. And Because when I started back in 94, um, I was one of very, very few black presenters and I felt so much pressure from various communities to kind of be a spokesperson. So not only within the Islander community, but I had people from the African community, different parts of the African diaspora, who wanted me to really go in and bat on their behalf with a number of different causes. I don't know if you felt that, Areej. Yeah. yeah, and I guess in terms of, like, priorities for who I um, kind of aim my work towards, it is the kind of third culture kids, you know, the people who are neither first gen nor are they accepted in white Australia. Um, so those people often communicate best in English and that's how I communicate and I'm a member of that community. So um, it is really political because ethnic broadcasting is often expected in language and then we previously we were talking about romanticization of being in, involved in ethnic programming especially if it's in in language and I think that that's expected I don't think for me personally um I have really been boxed too much within that ethnic space um because of the privilege of my accent and yeah. people sometimes don't really know until they find out my name or see a photo of me that I'm black African yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you and you do get, you know, um, there is kind of the casual racism that exists around that as well, where people are incredibly surprised that you look a certain way but sound a different way, which sort of is very revealing about what their preconceived notions are about who you are and what you are as a person. So you're kind of battling with that in radio as well. Namilla, we have the... You, you've been trawling through the archives and you oh managed gosh. to... The, the, these, we call these little gems in radio. When you're trawling through the archives <laughs> and you find the first ever interview you ever produced like 
ever. And we've got this snippet of audio of 19-year-old Namilla. I should tell you, she's like 674 now, so this was like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, thanks, um, So we're going to... Let, let's just listen to that one-minute um, snippet of Namilla's first ever interview. The cultural value of biological diversity is very important for present and future generations. There is much which Western culture can learn from Indigenous traditions. Many people make the mistake of thinking there is nothing they can do to contribute to preserving the environment. But if we all pull together, we can make a difference. Remember, think globally and act locally. I'd like to personally thank Warren Benson, Karen Jackson, Tom Mosby and Charles Williams for their contributions to the making of this documentary. That was wonderful, spectacular. I mean, you sound exactly the same. So maybe Do I that really? whole, maybe that whole, the sound of youth is just a myth. It's very, very weird listening back to that. I sounded very green behind the ears, I think. But yeah, it's. I never would have thought that 22 years later, I'd still be um, doing something that I so love. And you know, we're so fortunate in Melbourne to have the community radio sector that um, many of us from culturally diverse backgrounds are able to uh, give a voice and visibility to our communities. No, absolutely. And there's also um, something really special about 3CR. And maybe this isn't, I, I guess it is the platform to kind of just be really excited about the fact that we're at 3CR. But you can really say what is valuable to you. So there isn't like a another space where you could talk about what's valuable to you. And yes, the African-Australian youth community is not particularly large. It's not, you know, it's not a majority at all by any means. Um, but it's okay to target that space um, and it's considered valuable and I think that's what has kept me at 3CR. And what is the response, the community response to this? Namila, you were saying how you became suddenly by being in, on community radio, you became a, like a spokesperson not only for your community but for other communities too, which is a great thing. At the same time, it talks about the lack of representation of all these communities you, you came to represent. Um, so, but, but how the community has invo get involved in the 20 years you have been broadcasting when you started as a very young person, how has the, how has the community involvement of young people particularly been since then? Has it increased? Has it changed? I think it's definitely increased and, uh, you know, community radio and especially places like 3CR um, really strive to give, um, you know, to showcase uh, new talent that's coming up through the ranks uh, that's not, you know... It's a very difficult thing to talk about because I think you get silenced by it when you talk about, when you mention the R word. But racism is a very real thing for many of us. It's something, you know, and especially as Arij was saying, you know, you have your cultural background, but you're quite tapped into Melbourne culture and Australian culture, but they don't... It's always about belonging. Essentially, that's what's at the heart of um, a lot of what drives me in terms of the narratives, the work and projects that I choose 
years to do. It's about paving the way to find your space and to have feel that sense of ownership of um, what your experiences are. And, you know, there's there's opportunities now. I know that places like CNFM, um, 3CR's been doing this for a really long time. Um, obviously, NEMBC, like, there's opportunities for young people from culturally diverse backgrounds to get involved. And that's something that I had to search very, very hard um, and get on the phone and call lots of places before 3CR said, and it was literally as easily as, what are you doing on Monday? Why don't you swing by and um, we can have a chat? And then I started that day. I was 19 when I started in community (laughs) radio and, um, I mean, I just completely relate to a lot of the things that you were talking about and, you know... um, linking back to the conversation we were having earlier with Melba and Vicky, you know, community radio was a real space to talk about some issues that I personally desperately needed to resolve or to have discussions about. And I didn't, I couldn't find the communities to have those discussions. Sexuality being one of the conversations and, you know, what I, the questions that I put directly to um, the earlier panel, things like divorce in the community. What about marrying outside of the... These are, you know, they're really, really big deals. Mm-hmm. I, I come from a really strict Coptic community. What about, you know, when you start a relationship with someone who's from a Muslim background? These are um, issues that, you know really people kind of deal with on their own and as I was using radio as a space to explore and discover some of those issues some of my best friends in the community were going through you know their own coming out issues being excommunicated from the church you know having a marriage annulled because you know it wasn't real because you know now someone was declaring that they were gay you know, things that you actually can't talk about face-to-face that radio offers a little bit of anonymity. Did you guys ever experience that in any of your broadcasting? And what were some of the major kind of groundbreaking issues that you talked about that even made your heart skip a beat when you started talking about them? So I guess for me mostly it's been about navigating the specificity of racism experienced by Africans in Australia um, and, like... And how that relates to like a global anti-blackness that is rooted in colonisation in Australia, right? So I've read and I think I've been fortunate because I have... It's, it's only been a few years since I started at 3CR and I have had actually a lot of access to literature and stuff online and all of that um, about racism and all of those things. But I couldn't find anything that related to me like, actually, actually, I, I could find things that related to folks um, in the US, African-Americans. I could find stuff that related to people of colour broadly in Australia, not necessarily young people of colour. So for me, being able to interview my, like, friends, you know, being we have these conversations all the time, but being able to interview them and talk about things like the experiences of being a third culture kid, like the experiences of anti-blackness at school, at university... Um, like the experiences of navigating living in Australia, living on stolen land as someone who's experienced forced migration and what that means um, as living in like a black body on stolen land, you know, black African body on stolen land. Um, And those kind of conversations are really important for us to have and being able to broadcast that on radio and for other people to access podcasts is incredibly empowering and I still get really excited when 
those conversations start to happen and they're happening more and more, yeah. You are listening to Accent of Women on Satellite Across Australia, where we are playing for you a special broadcast that was originally produced on April 8th as part of 3CR Community Radio 40th birthday. Happy birthday, 3CR. We are celebrating the 40th anniversary, the 40th birthday of Community Radio 3CR from Gertrude Contemporary Studios on 200 Gertrude Street, talking about the history of ethnic and community language radio in Australia and particularly in 3CR. We are joined right now by Arish and Namila, two wonderful activists and radio broadcasters that are joining us to talk about the youth representation in community language programming. And just as we were listening to some community announcements, we were discussing and saying how important is um, a space like 3CR Community Radio to talk about a number of issues, but also as a medium, as another way to be an activist in our communities. Yeah, I, I think um, for me, as Melba was saying earlier um, during this broadcast, that the term feminism she had a real problem with and kind of finding her place within that term and kind of defining, I guess, what it meant for her. And that's what I've kind of used radio for in terms of um, narratives and space. And as Arish was saying earlier, you know, I was able to access so many great resources, be it online or via books or listening to podcasts about the black experience, so to speak. But it was always, say, a British um, Caribbean experience of that or African-American or the African diaspora. Um, I found it very difficult to find Islander voices within that conversation. And through community radio, I was just meeting so many amazing people who, once I started having these discussions... I mean, th this is the thing about radio, is that it's so intimate and it's so personal, there's immediacy with it um, and being portable. You know, I'd get people calling me while I'm on air um, that were listening in their cars or at home with their kids and they're like, I'm also a Papua New Guinean woman and what you're saying, it's like you're walking around in my head and those sorts of things. And, you know, I never really felt that feminism was a space that I was actually all that welcome in. But through radio, I've been able to connect with other women who are you know, drawn to the same important issues that I am. And that's the way I've kind of used radio. And it was 3CR that gave me the skills and the confidence um, and the knowledge in a lot of ways too, working out, okay, I'm a Papua New Guinean woman that's living in Australia, but I'm able to make a living and live my life on stolen land. And so working out my definition of black that is, you know, that kind of makes it distinct from the indigenous experience of that as well. And language is a very important thing for me. So, you know, kind of just referring to myself as a woman of colour or an islander woman rather than using the term black, which I do relate to indigenous Australia. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess also in terms of activism, um, I have previously and continue to find it a little bit difficult within like the activist community in Melbourne, be it like w whatever community that is. And so community radio and in particular 3CR has really um, helped me do the activist work and be the activist that I am um, without having to be visibly 
you know, at a protest or whatever it may be if I don't feel safe or if I don't feel comfortable in those spaces. So I think that, I guess, being an activist is quite a loaded term and there's also a lot of imagery that comes with that that I might not be. Um, so 3CR and community radio generally being African in Australia um, has helped me be the activist on the airwaves. It's interesting that we've moved to activism because um, there, there is this prevailing idea that young people are apathetic and, you know, that Generation Y, very individualistic, you know, don't give a shit about anything else. Clearly you disagree with that, but, I mean, part of, part of your remit, I guess, is to engage young people. What is your experience? Do you find that it, it takes... There are a few more hurdles to get young people involved in politics, activism, even merely engaging in the conversations that you're putting out there. I guess it's something that I was talking to my brother about recently and he was like, listen, you, you live in a bubble, not everyone. <laughs> not everyone is as excellent as the people you surround yourself with. Um, so I've actually not found that too difficult because I only surround myself with people who are engaged in these kind of political discussions or activist spaces. But um, I think that sometimes it's hard for communities of colour or young people of colour in Melbourne to deal with the experiences that they deal with as people, as being racialised in Australia, which is a difficult place to be racialised, um, and then also the expectation to be this kind of big activist based on that. Um, so I guess maybe people are apathetic, but a lot of... Australia is and it's you know often people of colour having those experiences means that you can't be um I'm going to write that line down for me, for myself, just so that I can look at it a lot. That maybe young people are apathetic, but so is the rest of Australia. I think that was absolutely brilliant. Namila, you're, you're involved in some mentoring of, of young broadcasters. What, what, what does that look like? And, and, you know, again, on this question of apathy, what, what's your experience of that? Look, I think with... Uh as is the case with most young people, is that you've got... And I choose to work mainly with young women of colour, but, you know, they're trying to find their space. And these are really brutal times. I mean, with the rise of online social media, if any woman puts her voice out there, that is just... You know, there's always an ex explosion of just almost quite violent commentary um, at times. But if you're... a black or brown woman or Muslim woman, you know, what have you, that is putting their commentary out there as well. I mean, it's tenfold what you have to experience. So on the one hand, there are definitely young people thinking about issues that are affecting them directly, but then they're almost silenced by a system where there's this um, green light to so much casual racism that exists in Australia where it's going to take a while for them to build up to having the confidence to talking with conviction about issues and experiences that are important to them. So, I mean, I'm finding people, young people are very tapped into um, a wide range of really amazing issues that are essentially based around identity, but it's going to take a while for them to find their feet, and I guess that's what it is. It's doing what 3CR did for me, which is providing opportunities, making connections, and sort of helping them you know, build the road for that journey to kind of begin. 
And let me just draw on one more stereotype because I'm in the business of drawing on stereotypes. <laughs> Social media, you know, like when we started out in... As young as we were when we started out in community radio, we didn't have podcasting platforms and Facebook and other social media to engage our audience, um, particularly a young audience that um, may very well be um, desperately seeking the kinds of conversations that we're having. How, how have you used um, social media, particularly you, Arit, um, and drawing or, or, or connecting social media with your radio? I guess um, social media for me is a really interesting space because often people expect me to be pretty good at it and I don't really think I am. Oh, <laughs> did you just show up my stereotype? No, no. So it works. It definitely works. If I have produced a program that I know is going to relate to the people that I have on my personal Facebook page, I would always share it. Um, and then I know that they listen to it. I also have a really good group of girlfriends who always listen to it and share it amongst their networks. Um, but there's also kind of this idea that I guess podcasting is really important because people can listen to it in their own time. But because the show that I like program now, Women on the Line, is on iTunes, I think a lot of people who you wouldn't know were going to access it do access it and they get, you know, you get like little comments and stuff on iTunes from people from all different parts of the world. So I think... Not necessarily me posting a post, but the fact that it's available on the internet means a lot. Well, guys, thank you so, so much for your time. You were listening to Namila Benson and Arij Noor, two, um, well, Namila, who started out as a very young woman in radio, and Arij, who I'm still going to call a young woman in radio. But we were talking about um, the space for young people in ethnic and language programming and of course the various struggles we've had to break into that space because of quite frankly language barrier issues. And that's all we have time for on today's Accent of Women. If you want to hear this show again or any of our other programs, you can download the podcast from the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, that's with the digit 3 and not spelled out in letters. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com or you can also Follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. I leave you listening to Nina Simone's song Young, Gifted and Black, interpreted by Arita Franklin. Thanks for tuning into the show today. I'm Lourdes Garcia Larque and I look forward to your company again in our next program. Oh